Hey everybody, welcome to the Ad Skills Pro podcast. Thrilled to have you all with us again. In this series, we are going back to our greatest hits. We're checking in with people that we've interviewed before on the the podcast to see how they coped or thrived in 2020 and to also hear what they're excited about going forward. And so today I'm thrilled to be joined by Dorothy and Dorothy, welcome to uh, the podcast for the second time. Thank you, Ed. Super excited to be here. Now, first of all, just to remind everybody, just like the uh, recap, hey, could you let everybody, you know, who you are, your agency and who you were focusing on or who, who, what type of customers are you working with? Yeah, absolutely. So um, our agency has been around since uh, early 2017. And um, my background is in Facebook. Um, so that's really, you know, where, where I love to talk about most. But um, we offer Google and Facebook paid traffic to primarily um, businesses that are selling digital products. So, you know, we work with a lot of personal brands, people selling online courses, um, coaching, uh, you know, that kind of thing. So, you know, yep. we have worked in, you know, everything from kind of SaaS to lead gen to, you know, even some e-com sprinkled in here and there, but it's yep. the digital products that, that definitely we love the most. Yeah. Yeah. A personal favorite of mine, personal favorite category. Um, tell me, how did how did 2020 impact uh, the whole digital products area? Yeah, yeah. Well, so you know, honestly, I know 2020 was so hard for so many mm-hmm. people, and you know, I just have so much empathy for the the industries mm-hmm. that were impacted so negatively. But I think, you know, for us, you know, I've just never felt so blessed to, mm. first of all, have an online business, um, yeah. but also get to work with the the kinds of clients that we work with. Because, mm. you know, most of our clients are selling, you know, online education. And so when people are stuck at home, you know, mm. and potentially have lost jobs, you know, they're looking for ways to you know, shift their income and take yep. advantage of the opportunities that were created last year. Um, yep. You know, it was really a time where my clients were able to support people and help people, you know, to a greater degree than ever before. So that's something that has just felt really good, you know, but also just been really great for my clients' businesses, for our businesses. So um, very, very lucky in that sense. Yeah, no, that's great. And tell me the, um, with that, you know, because you mentioned this sort of a Facebook focus. Facebook was fun last year in terms sure of, of that. So, so how did how did you navigate those waters, particularly with like doing lead gen for information products? What did you did you have to change some things up? Is there was there something yeah. that worked particularly well for you? Yeah. Well, so you know the biggest thing and the most obvious thing that had to change was messaging. So, you know, clients who had, you know, we had some clients who had been running the same webinar that had just been churning out customers and doing really well, you know, for years, but then all of a sudden overnight, all of your messaging is outdated, you know, no matter who you are, no matter what you're saying, 
you, know, you have to speak to, to what's happening in people's lives. So um, kind of one of our coolest uh, success stories in 2020 mm. um, was a client of ours that is selling um, education on um, basically trigger point therapy. It goes much deeper than that, but, um, but that's the easiest way to describe it. And they're selling to massage therapists um, primarily, and then also mm-hmm. some chiropractors and, and PTs, but massage therapists are really kind of their, their primary market. Yeah. And so so when COVID hits, obviously massage therapists are Huge suddenly, issue. they're mm-hmm. out of work um, and we're selling a $1,000 product. So, you know, one would think that it would become nearly impossible to sell, you know, a thousand dollar product to people who are now out of work. Um, and so what we did first was realize that our product could, you know, had the opportunity to provide an incredible value to these people because the methodology they're teaching, you know, it basically offers up an entirely new, you know, almost way for them to make money, to solve people's pain, to get referrals. So we really shifted all of our messaging around, you know, you can take this time and, you know, sit on the couch and watch Netflix, you know, or you can really leverage this time to set, set yourself up to come back stronger than ever. And it's was cool to see, you know, the way that that messaging resonated with people. So, you know, we had one ad that was around that whole like Netflix angle, which I'd be happy by the way, to even give you the link if you want to put in the show notes so people can see this. Um, But that, that one ad ended up generating more than 7,000 reactions, 2.6 thousand shares and more than 1400 comments, um, you know, over the, the rest of the year. And, and so, you know, it was really just about kind of positioning the product in a way that is going to inspire people and, and show them how they can, you know, really turn what seems like a, uh, you know, just a full blown, terrible thing into an opportunity. Yeah. Um, one of the, one of the huge trends, like I, I think for media buying, and it's something that we've been talking about at pro league is that, uh, agencies, media buyers have to start taking creative seriously because frankly, most clients aren't that great at creative. Sorry, any clients that are listening to this right now, we love you guys. Seriously, peace. You know, you're awesome. Thanks. Put my girls through college or appreciate that. (laughs) Um, But they're not that good at creative. And unfortunately, if we're continually bringing the horse to the water and the creative water that the clients create is turgid, we're not going to get the horse to drink. But trouble is, the horse gets shot us instead of <laughs> instead of the client, right? So it's a so yeah. understanding that creative is a big deal. Hey, let me ask you another question on that, which I know a lot of people are interested in too, because I think it changed over uh, twenty twenty. Now, like one of the things that you specialize in is getting people to webinars, right? Mm-hmm. So it's so it's getting yep. people to webinars. Can you touch on a little bit? Um, in terms of are you still uh, focusing on cold traffic to register to those webinars? Can you take us through what what you think like is the now the best like methodology for getting people into webinars in 2021? Because I, I get the sense that that's been changing. Yeah, well, so I think there's a couple of different things to talk about here. Mm. Um, so, you know, the short answer is, you know, for several clients, Yes, you know, the strategies that we've been using of sending cold traffic to, you know, webinar registration, 
that still works really well. I think, you know, anyone telling you that that is, you know, is dead or no longer, um, you know, possibly isn't, isn't doing it right. But yes. for other clients, we did have to iterate and come up with, with new strategies. So, you know, I'll give you another example of, of a way that we shifted our front end strategy for a different client that was in a, yep. a different situation. So the thing to understand, first of all, about webinar, uh, webinar leads is that there is such a wide continuum of like what the costs look like on the front end. So that um, client selling to massage therapists, we're driving traffic straight to a webinar and our webinar leads, I'm not kidding, Ed, like we get webinar registrants for $3 in that mm. market. And it's because, you know, there aren't a lot of people selling, you know, pushing webinars to, you know, that audience of massage therapists. Like it's just, yep. it's something where, you know, we are able to get, you know, two to $3 registrants for a webinar. So we don't need to put something on the front end of that. We just got to get yep. people on the webinar. We have another client, like one of my longtime clients that's been with me for four years now. Uh, he is selling um, basically, you know, marketing education to um, really early stage business owners. So a lot of um, new business owners, home business owners, um, and then people like, you know, real estate agents, insurance agents, um, mm -hmm. you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. And for him, you know, we're advertising in these super competitive um, you know, yep. interests and, you know, a lot of people trying to, trying to talk to that same group. So for him, our webinar registrants, you know, have historically been, you know, certainly not two to $3, more like, you know, 15 to $18. Mm -hmm. And we will gladly pay that, you know, because it's, it's profitable for us Still in that market. Um, but what we found was that when, when COVID hit, you know, a lot of these kind of early business, you know, these people who, you know, are kind of more so doing a side hustle, like most of them have a full-time job and they're building a business on the side. All of a sudden it's a harder ask for them to, um, you know, drop that money on a course or, you know, take the time for the webinar. So what we did was we implemented a new strategy with this client where we put an ebook on the front end, um, you know, ahead of the webinar. So yeah. we created, um, you know, an ebook on, you know, the five, uh, you know, five top lead generation strategies, um, you know, something that was going to really speak to, um, to this audience. Um, yes. you know, our client did this in a way that was super easy. You know, he took a, um, a training that he had done for his membership group and basically transcribed it, cleaned it yep. up, turned it into an ebook that was super valuable. And we started driving traffic to that. And what was, you know, the experiment here is, you know, okay, if we put this ebook ahead of the webinar, what are our webinar registration costs going to look like? Because ultimately that's what's going to sell the product. And so what we ended up finding was pretty cool. So we were able to get, you know, opt-ins to the um, ebook for, you know, really around $2 was, was where that, that shook out. And yep. then, you know, on the thank you page, we would offer people, uh, you know, the chance to register for the webinar. We started planting those seeds in the ads themselves. So in the ads where we're offering the ebook, you know, we were running a lot of video ads and, you know, our client was there on camera saying, you know, oh, by the way, once you opt in for this ebook, you're going to get invited to join my free web class where we teach, you know, X, Y, Z and really, you know, kind of planting that excitement, opening that yeah. loop. And, and getting people primed so that they're, yes, they're opting in for the ebook and joining his list, but they're also like ready and waiting to register for that webinar on the thank you page. So the way the place it landed, you know, 
two to $3 ebook leads, and then 16 to $18 webinar registrants. So it was really cool to see that we were able to put this step ahead of the registration, get people on the webinar for the exact same cost, but also build his list at Mm -hmm. a velocity that was unlike anything we had seen, you know, pre pandemic. Yeah. Because would you find the opt-in rates for the ebook were higher than like impure lead numbers was higher than the actual webinar. So by putting that book, it, it, it interestingly it reminds me of the, the discussion of the sophistication of markets. And we're not talking hoity-toity sophistication of markets, of course, but how much marketing they're exposed to. And, mm-hmm. and that's something that media buyers have to take into account when they're, they're looking at designing their, their campaigns is how sophisticated is this market? Uh, because if it's a market that's seen a lot of webinars and a lot of things, then you're going to have to come up with some other top of funnel strategy to, to before you go straight to the webinar, which is really interesting. Hey, given the type of clients that you have, there was a lot of carnage November, December, January in terms of a lot of coaching clients, a lot of information marketers being banned for like the like blanket MLM. Like the, this is an MLM offer. No, it's not. I yeah. hear stories of clients all over the joint sort of saying that. How did the, how did you personally go with that in your agency? Um, yeah, first ask me, did you, did you find that happening to your agency? And if the answer was yes, how did you solve it? Or B, if it didn't, you didn't happen to you, what's your secret? Yeah, so um, love the question. You know, I think certainly we did have, um, we did have more disapprovals, you know, just more trouble across the board, you know, in Q4 last year than I would say is, is kind of normal, just like everyone Uh, did. That is standard Um, by the way. Yes. Yeah. I will say, you know, our clients were, were admittedly fortunate in the sense that, you know, so much of what you need to do to make sure that you are not going to get in a situation where you can't advertise yep. is to be working on prevention before you need the cure. Mm-hmm. Um, so honestly, like our, the client that I said is marketing to a lot of home business owners, you know, yeah, business See, that's owners. a, that's a, they, that's yeah. So he actually, you know, our client in that instance is an extraordinarily savvy marketer himself. I mean, he's teaching marketing. He's very good. So he was running his own ad account for a long time. And the reason he ultimately hired us back in, you know, 2017 was because he was dealing with just, just constant shutdowns and Mm -hmm. couldn't, couldn't deal with it. And so he brought us on and, you know, really a lot of it, to be honest with you, and I know this isn't a satisfying answer for someone who has just had a shutdown, um, but it's been developing relationships with the reps. Um, and we were ultimately able to back in, I think I want to say early, late 2018, early 2019, we had an amazing rep that, you know, we were working with who was able to get his account basically whitelisted for the specific MLM, like work from home disapproval reason. So our ads were basically just getting shut down left and right for that reason. They would get overturned on appeal because he wasn't offering an MLM or a biz op, but we would always have to go through this process. So we were able to ultimately get him kind of safeguarded from the majority of those disapprovals. Um, You know, and, and those relationships, they're so valuable, you know, when you are in a situation where an account does get shut down because the ability to 
you know, appeal that, but then have that appeal escalated, you know, internally at Facebook um, mm-hmm. is really invaluable. Um, the, yep. the words of advice I would give to someone who doesn't have those relationships and isn't yes. in that position is to be extraordinarily persistent. Um, you know, I think that when you do get an account shut down, you do want to, you know, typically just move forward and create a new business manager account if you're able to, you know, or create a new ad account if, you know, it was just an ad account that got shut down, you know, get up and running however you can, um, you know, follow the rules, certainly. Um, But continue to appeal because I've seen people get ad accounts, you know, turned back on after six months of just Mm consistently appealing and what, and making what does that ways. persistence look like 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 can what does yeah. that mean does that mean hitting them up on chat at every available opportunity does it does it no mean, what it, yeah explain what you mean yeah. by that so so first of all um when you do appeal you want to be extremely gracious extremely nice you know polite and and really just show facebook that you understand their interests and their interests are not in taking your money. You don't want to say, oh, but I spend $50,000 a month. You know, they don't care about your $50,000 a month. Yeah. They care about, you know, covering their behind. Yes. And so, you know, you really want to talk about how, you know, we invest heavily in creating high quality content for Facebook, you know, every day. We want to create a great user experience. We want to learn from whatever it is that we did wrong so that we are making sure that we are delivering that great experience to Facebook's users. Um, and what you're going to find is that the first couple answers you get back, you're usually going to be able to tell, especially if you've seen some of them, um, which ones are just the bot replying to yeah. you. And if you continue to reappeal and respond in your support inbox to those mm-hmm. rejections, um, yeah. and not every day, but you know, like once a week go in and, you know, or every other week, and send another reply, you know, and um, you're eventually going to get to a real person. And, you know, assuming that you weren't doing something very nefarious, um, yes. which hopefully you weren't in the first case, um, then, you know, you actually really, you really can have success even after several attempts at appealing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, thank you for that, because it's, it is something that a lot of people, particularly with Facebook, are, are dealing with. So that is super useful. Hey, let's start, let's look forward a little bit. What what are you excited about looking at where uh, the ad industry now? And I suppose what storm clouds do you see and what are you preparing for? You know, so so uh, I think you're a glass half full type of person, Dorothy. So why don't we sure. why don't we start with what are you excited about in terms of what's upcoming and what trends do you see that you think, wow, this is really cool? Well I think um you know I don't mean to combine your questions into one, but I think the things I'm excited about are the things that everyone else is looking at as a storm. Well, um, let's talk about that. That's you a know, great the, way to um, Well, so the obvious one is, is all of the changes around tracking. Um, yes. And I think, you know, if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably in a better place than most because this is a, you know, a horn yes. that Justin Brooke has been, you know, blowing for a long time Something we've been talking about now. for a little while now. It's not a surprise to anybody at Pro League that this is, this is coming. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, and shout out to Pro League, by the way. It's just been such a huge asset for for me personally, for my business, um, for my clients. Um, but um, but yeah, I mean, I think the tracking stuff is is an opportunity if you're willing to look at it that way, because you know, really, it has always been important to build redundancies in your tracking. But now everyone is going to be 
forced <laughs> to build these redundancies. So, you know, yeah. what we're seeing are things, you know, and kind of what we've been doing for clients historically, yeah. and now kind of everyone's going to have to do is, you know, going back to some of these old school methods of, you know, creating different versions of your landing pages, you know, at, at minimum for different channels, but, you know, yep also just for different campaigns so that you can really yeah. understand what's working. Um, the way this actually looks for our different clients, you know, really is, is kind of client to client specific, mm -hmm. but you know, for that, the client selling to the marketing folks, like I mentioned, you know, yep. we have, you know, six or seven different versions of his webinar that are just the same webinar duplicated in stealth seminar where we use, yep. but you know, we, are tagging people who register for those webinars differently so that we can understand where they came from um, when they register and then ultimately where they buy. And yeah. that's something that, you know, we've always done, but now that, you know, a lot of our data is going to be um, yeah. more difficult to, to access, you know, in Facebook, it's just more critical than ever. So, so doing things like that, really getting tight on Google analytics, your UTM strategies, that's going to be more important than mm -hmm. ever. Um, you know, but I think that what's really going to be important is shifting the thinking to more of a, you know, top line analysis, um, because some of this granularity, it's going to get harder. Sorry, what'd you say? What do you mean by top line, focusing on the top line strategy? Yeah. So, you know, as you are figuring out, you know, the different methods that you're going to implement to understand things, you know, at as granular of a level as possible. So understand your UTMs, um, using different landing pages, all of that stuff. At the same time, it's going to be really important to be, you know, tracking things more holistically as well. So really looking at, you know, what are the different things that you are spending money on? And, you know, when you spend more money on Facebook, do you see that rising, you know, the tide and, and rising all ships along with it? Yes. Um, you know, and that's something that people don't like to hear because, you know, we as marketers, we want to have the most detailed information possible and we want to do everything we can to, to get it. Yeah. But we do also need to just, you know, understand that there is a shift in thinking that's going to be required. Yeah. How, how are you preparing your clients? For this, if you if you started briefing them on this, because I think that yeah, oh, tell yeah. us how you're because you're you're taking a potential lemon and turning it into mm -hmm. lemonade. So, so how how are you doing that with the clients in particular? Of course. So it has been a whirlwind. Um, you know, since since really you know conversion API Cappy was released. You know, just getting all of our clients um, set up there. We are doing all of that through Google Tag Manager, which, mm -hmm. you know, I would say if you have, you know, someone on your team or someone you can hire um, who can execute on that, um, yeah. it's much better to set up, you know, conversion API through something like Tag Manager than, you know, through the kind of built-in tool that Facebook offers. Um, I will give a shout out, you know, Alex McCarsky, uh, who's in pro league, you know, he yes. does all of the tracking work for our clients and he is yep. absolutely incredible. Um, we would be lost without him. And so, right, um, Alex. yeah, <laughs> yep. So, um, so yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, really starting to, um, create these redundancies in tracking. So, you know, yep. we're going to have you know, the conversion API. We're going to have the pixel. Um, I know Alex had to do a lot of gymnastics, you know, in tag manager to get Facebook to reliably dedupe those transactions. Um, mm -hmm. So making sure that that's happening. And then also um, ensuring that any clients who 
are not really tight on their Google Analytics um, strategies and making sure that their goals are set up appropriately, that yeah. you know, all of the data, the cross-domain tracking is working appropriately. They're not losing people you know, when they yeah. switch from one domain to another. All yeah. of that is is really what we're focused on. Yeah, yeah, and the like, and to me, where I I see the like a professional pro league level agency like yourself has has got this, you know, because you've been in preparation. For me, where I see it is, it's going to be a shock for people. People who are probably running ads internally. Um, that's where because they're going to know, and I think that because they're relying on Facebook numbers, and they also <laughs> we did a survey of uh, ecom owners we asked hey what when when you see a conversion number on on facebook what do you think the period of time is the standard period of time and they the average answer was either one day or maybe a week was the conversion i said well guess what it's 28 days uh and they're saying what like this is business owner what what do you mean 28 days? oh no they take credit for a conversion up to 28 days now that's stopping and that's coming back but what you're going to see is you're going to notice your conversion numbers in Thanos snap style drop because they're taking credit for, you know, it doesn't matter whether it's an email or any of those sorts of things when you're using the internal tools, which, um, which is always an interesting um, thing. And I think this is, this is, if you're a, um, a, a business, you're running your own ads, you're not using an agency like Dorothy's, you need to understand there has to be a third party involved in the stats collection now right and and old school and it warms my direct marketing heart where you have it's like the old days where we had different phone numbers for different sales letters right it's so cute so cute all you kids you know having to create individual landing pages with special addresses it's so sweet you know it's uh you millennials you know <laughs> guilty as charged right? but it, but but still, you know, despite all the the heat that everybody's going to see around this, you're absolutely right. It's in some ways it's great because it's taking it's meaning agencies and people who are buying ads themselves have to take more responsibility of the. Yeah. You know, you can't just sit back and take what that network is. And frankly, that's pretty good business practice anyway. You know, it's if yes. it's the if if the person who's providing the ads is providing you the stats for those ads, well, there's incentives in place to to make those look as well as possible. And you know, hey, Facebook has uh, in the past maybe goosed shall we say you know the dorothy's not saying this by the way she loves facebook she if you're listening to this from facebook dorothy disagrees with me 100 she can't she hates what i'm saying right now but it, it, it's it's very um it, it is something that's interesting what else are you looking forward to 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 this year so we've got the tracking is there anything else on tracking that creates an opportunity or is there any other areas like other networks or what else are you looking at in terms of uh, 2021? Yeah, so um, I can share with you, you know, another just I want to brag on my my clients a little bit, like Please. another really cool win that we that we had in 2020 was related to this whole idea of like, you've got to get creative now, mm. you, you know, and, and really be thinking outside the box, you know, for agencies, yep. thinking outside the box of how you can deliver for your clients and for, yep. you know, any business owners listening who are the clients, you know, thinking about, you know, what other directions you can go. So um, I'll take you back to my client that sells to massage therapists. So mm -hmm. their business was basically half the online stuff that we were doing and half in-person certifications. Yeah. And of course, COVID hits, 
in-person certifications are no more. So all of a sudden half of their business disappeared overnight. And, you know, certainly the thing that I'm most proud of in, in our agency is that you know, we measure client retention in years, not months. So with this client, you know, I've been working with him since early 2018. So, you know, over that time, even though we are, you know, his, his media buyers, Mm. you know, we sort of do morph into, you know, really kind of more of like consult, you know, just marketing consultants, you know, people who can kind of guide him in a lot of areas. Mm. And so he was, you know, very nervous, worried about what this loss of the in-person was going to do to his business. And we ended up finding, um, a, you know, working on an arrangement with Massage Magazine. So Massage Magazine, obviously, they talk to massage therapists. They have a big list of massage therapists. Yeah. So we ended up getting um, Massage Magazine. I'll, I'll give you, um, you know, actually some numbers here. Um, yeah. We got them to agree to, a, you know, two email solo ad drop um, for basically a test price of $3,000. Um, so our copywriter, um, you know, who knows his market very well, yep. he wrote those emails and we managed that, you know, that process. And we ended up generating $56,000 in revenue in June of 2020, um, really in like the height of, of um, the shutdown. When people were targeting massage risk. therapies were, were, you know, that is not a, you know, media buying has thrived, of course, in, yeah, in, yeah. in COVID. But massage therapy, you would think, was yeah. is definitely at the other end of that spectrum. So right, well, and anywhere you can put three thousand dollars in and get fifty six thousand dollars out is you know something you want I, to do, yes, right? Yes, I think so, as a client, I think I would be pretty keen on that. I, I wouldn't yeah. pay too much. So convincing. we took that, um, and we ended up yeah. inking a six month deal with Massage Magazine to do that same thing. And yep. um, over you know that course of of you know June through December. We ended up creating an extra quarter million dollars in revenue for our yeah. client through those solo ad drops. Wow. So, you know, that that ultimately saved his business last year. Right. Um, and so, you know, I think it's really these these outside the box, you know, ways of thinking that are going to be yep. even more critical, um, you know, in 2021 and, and oh, forever. Huge. It's a huge, as you know, in pro league, it's a huge focus of us. Uh, for all our media buyers and all those people doing the ads, because creative is going to be the way you predict. You know, you you. I think you mentioned Dorothy, and I love the phrase: you measure retention in years, not months. And that's I might pinch that for a pro league motto because I think uh, it it's that that's got to be the goal. And in the old days, you used to be able to rely on your targeting chops right? And your knowledge of the network and your ability to use the tools. But as targeting, as your targeting options reduce and everybody's tools, you know, get to the point where there's not a lot of disparity there. Creative in the sense of advertising creative and being creative is that's how you build your moat. That's how you make sure your clients stick with you. So I'm, I'm really thrilled to, to hear that and to have, and today, and thank you so much for giving us uh, just some amazing examples of, of what you've been up to since we last talked and, you know, some really, really solid advice. Hey, Dorothy, if people want to get in touch uh, with you and the agency, where's the best place to send them? And of course, as always, we put this in the show notes. And if you're watching this on YouTube, we put it in the discussion, but Dorothy, where, yeah, where do people get, uh, can reach out? 
Amazing. Well, so um, a few different ways uh, you can find me on Facebook, uh, Dorothy Ilson. Um, you can go to our website and then play with our fun little robot that you'll find there. That's at ah. needlesimedia.com. Um, E-Y-E, like your eye. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, and those are really the two best places or you can find me in Pro League. So shoot me a message. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yes, and uh, and and other awesome pro leaguers like we mentioned, Alex, uh, in terms of trade. And yeah, this is this is you know all these discussions are going on on a daily basis uh, in there because yeah. yeah, this is this is media buying. There's massive opportunities right now, um, and there's and it's always interesting, which is you know as Confucius say, may you live in interesting times. Um, Dorothy, thank you so much. I, I hope we can get you back uh, when we do third time lucky.